Hey, what's going on? It's another episode of Film Streak. My name is Rob, and what I do here, if you don't know, if you're new, is I talk about some new movies I've watched. And uh, yeah, I mean, who doesn't do that on podcasts? Talk about movies they've watched. Okay, fine. The idea here, though, is that these are all new movies. These are movies that are new to me, put it that way. These are movies that uh, I've, for one reason or another, overlooked or ignored or just put off and and just didn't make time to watch them. And maybe they're classics, maybe they're new releases. Uh, the idea, though, is that I, I'm, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm trying to watch things that I'm maybe not as um, uh, into necessarily, whether it's the genre or the types of stories or even, uh, you know, where the films are from or foreign films or independent films. So, you know, it's it's about broadening the horizons a little bit, right? It's about seeing some things and, and experiencing some stories, seeing different walks of life, all that kind of stuff that you kind of aren't used to. Hey, but by the way, I, you know, I just want to shout out everyone. I, I've been looking at some numbers with the podcast. It's not, I, look, this is not a big deal by any means, but it's cool for me to see that there are listeners from different parts of the world. It's something that uh, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily trying to brag about it, but I just feel like, um, hey, you folks in Spain, I see you. You folks in the UK, I see you. Uh, other parts of the world, Germany, Brazil, hey, I'm glad you're there. Uh, most of the people that I can tell are here in the US, so that's why we do episodes about America. Anyway, if you're new to this, this is the first time you're listening to this, go to filmstreak.com. If you haven't already, you can find previous episodes. So you can hear this previous episode. I talked about baseball movies and you can hear a bunch of episodes going back um, probably about a year and a half at this point. You can see where the uh, where the podcast has changed and and tried different things over time. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep it fresh, not only for you, but for myself. So it's not just about watching movies, but watching movies in certain ways or with certain themes. So... That's kind of the idea. It's just to make it fun, okay? I'm still watching movies. The, the idea is just to watch stuff. And so that's what we're doing. So uh, go to filmstreak.com. You can find other episodes there. You can subscribe with, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and whatever all the places are. You can do all that. Uh, you can even sign up to get episodes come straight to your email. So that way it just saves you the trouble if you don't use those uh, apps or services uh, who doesn't have email, right? I mean, maybe if you're under 20, you don't use email, I guess. All right, fine. But uh, older folks like us, we still use email every now and then, I guess, huh? So do that. That's a way to kind of keep up with the podcast, get a, a new episode each week. And, and then also, you know, there's a link to IMDb where I keep a list, a, r a running list of all of these films. And we're up to over 270 now. And coming up pretty soon, coming up on 300. So that's, um, man, that's, that's wild to, to think that. I, I've watched all these movies, um, not necessarily in a row and not necessarily every day, but uh, I've, I've made some real progress in terms of my own personal watch list and the movies I've always wanted to watch and I just kind of put them aside. I'm making a little bit of a dent in that now. And that's fun. That's cool to see. So... All right, let's get to the episode. Okay, first up for this episode, Filmstreak 278, 
the voyeurs. So we're really going to do this. Seems that way, yeah. I get to live here with you. Can we talk about our future? Okay. Can we be rebellious before we have kids? Oh, yes. <laughs> to making wonderful, terrible decisions. You can see right in. Check out those two. What is he, like a photographer? Oh, they're in love. I don't think we should spy on our neighbors. Right, right. Oh, they're Just because someone is allowing you to look in on their lives doesn't mean it's okay to watch. How do we become their friends? You want to become BFFs with the neighbors we now seem to be stalking. I mean, we just never done that before. I've been having dreams. I wanted it to happen. Of all the eye clinics in the world. She walks into mine. This is crazy. We totally hit it off. Hi. My husband is a complex individual. This might be a little problematic. I just wish we could hear what they were saying. Don't you ever feel guilty? It's like when you're so obsessed with something, you forget to look around and go, what am I even doing? Would it be strange if I asked to take your picture? Am I not enough for you? Pimple, what did you do? Now, this is a film from 2021. It was from writer and director Michael Mohan. And uh, this stars Sidney Sweeney, Justice Smith, uh, some new faces I haven't necessarily seen before, but I- I'll tell you just to kind of cut right to it, like really kind of made an impression. Uh, Latasha, Leo Bordizzo, and Ben Hardy. You know, Sidney Sweeney and Justice Smith, they play a couple, Thomas and Pippa, and they are moving into a new apartment. You know, the idea is that they're they're a young couple, they're just, you know, getting their first place together, and it's it's a little bit of a new life for them. And so we see kind of how that all comes together at the beginning of the film. We're kind of introduced to a little bit about who they are and what they what they are all about. And as they're moving into this place and getting settled in, they realize that the neighbors in the building across the way apparently don't believe in curtains or blinds or anything to block windows, which is... It's kind of cool, kind of kind of weird also, but they take it upon themselves to just see what's going on, to start snooping on the neighbors across the way. And there are elements of this film that feel like something out of Rear Window, which is a Hitchcock classic. And personally, I actually like that film. I, I know I've said in the previous episodes that uh, Hitchcock, at least early Hitchcock, doesn't really work for me. It just kind of drags and doesn't feel very interesting. But some of the later stuff, especially Rear Window, I remember seeing that as a kid, and it really kind of intrigued me, the whole premise of one, yeah, kind of snooping on the neighbor, but also like almost imagining a, a, a narrative or a story for something in someone else's life that you're watching unfold, but you don't really know the truth there. You, you're manufacturing so much. And so that's a lot of what this film actually plays on. The story here is... You know, Thomas and Pippa, they 
are intrigued. They're, they're curious about who these neighbors are and what their lives are all about. And so they take it upon themselves to honestly, to just intrude on these people. And so we have this couple that is uh, Julia and her husband, Sebastian. And, you know, the idea is that they are a little bit of an odd couple. Um, he is a photographer, maybe like an artist or fashion photographer, let's say. He's got a lot of uh, young, uh, attractive models, women at their apartment. And when he is all alone with them, he has his way with them. And Julia, his wife, seems to not be very uh, aware of that. And Thomas and Pippa, of course, as they're watching these kinds of things happen, they take upon themselves to um, maybe let it be known or maybe uh, try and correct this, to right this wrong. And of course, this is where the story starts to take the turn into like the the suspense, the 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 drama as, as it unfolds, where um, you you have these people's lives they start to intersect in a, in a really scary and weird way, and it ends up reaching a point where Pippa finds uh, Julia outside of this situation, like in the regular world, they run into each other and. They sort of become friends. They sort of find a little bit of a bond. And then it's the dilemma of, do you say anything? and Do you broach this subject? The, the one thing I'll say about this film is that it reaches a point in the narrative, in the, in the plot, where I think most films, or at least maybe older films, that have tried this type of story or this type of structure even, this film reaches a point where those films would stop. And I'll kind of give you a little bit of an idea, because um, I think there is a really interesting turn in this film that I didn't really see coming. And even after that turn, there's another turn. But the point that I'm talking about is honestly probably about uh, halfway or two thirds into the film where Pippa and, and Thomas, they're watching this couple and Pippa decides to tell them or tell Julia that her husband's cheating on her. And when that happens, it seems like they're about to watch Julia go murder the dude, but then it turns out, oh, she kills herself. And now they're kind of confronted with, uh, oh, what did they just do? What did they cause to happen now? And so it feels like there's a point where Thomas even finds himself uncomfortable with the situation. He feels he's starting to feel like inadequate, like he can't compete for Pippa's attention with these neighbors across the way. So he even gets really discouraged and disillusioned by all of this. He's like, I, I don't know what's going on here. Now the neighbor killed themselves because what did we do? And, and, you know, so he just bounces and this leaves Pippa all by herself. And, that's where I feel like most films would probably stop. Like that would be the end of the story because now this has turned into a tragedy and you know, it's, it's sad. It's unfortunate. It's, it's nothing that was ever intended by this character who was just thought it was fun and curious and weird. And then the film goes in a whole new direction. And I gotta say that was a surprise. That was actually a really interesting twist on, on the, the structure here, because, you know, there's something about this 
type of film, this almost, I guess, uh, an erotic thriller in a way. I mean, it does have its moments where it really leans into the intimate nature of these couples, or both of these couples, and what they're seeing about each other's lives and what it causes them to feel, right? And, um, you know, the, the idea that this takes it another step when it it really becomes a whole different thing. And and I'm trying to kind of talk around this a little bit because I feel like there's enough here that if you were to if you were to know this going into the film, you might kind of not enjoy it as much. And so I'll just say that uh, there's a pretty good portion the last, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes where this film is is really, it does some interesting work. Okay. I mean, we see that, oh, there's a big reveal. There's a big surprise for Pippa as kind of the central character of this whole film where the tables get turned, things are not as they seem, and everybody's lives are affected as a result. And so, you know, I, look, if there's anything, I guess, to take away from the film, like in terms of what this story is trying to say and 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 the whole themes of it, I guess maybe it's just like, hey, read the terms and conditions. Okay, read the small print. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I just, you'll get there. Okay, you watch the film, you'll get to that point. You'll know what I'm saying. Read the terms and conditions. Now, um, all that said, I mean, uh, I give it, I give it points for for trying something different, for really trying to flip this whole genre or type of story, flip it on its side a little bit, and show us a, a different way to come at this. And of course, it, it still works in some of the tropes of the the thriller, the erotic thriller type of story that we've seen hundreds of times at this point. You know, the couple, the the intimate moments, the uh, insecurities, the uh, paranoia, you know, all those things, the the intrigue, it, it's all part of this film. But where it really takes that extra leap is kind of pulling the rug out from under us about what we believe about who in this story. And um, the thing that's impressive for me at this point, and it's really highlighted in this film, I think, is Something, Sidney Sweeney here is really taking some different swings at the types of films and the types of roles that she's in. And uh, I feel like this was a really strong choice. You know, there are some films that she's done. I, uh, what was There was the one about the sister in the dance school or whatever it was, or the music school. Um, but I like that she is an actress who is showing range and trying to do different types of things. Now here you could say, well, this is a different kind of character in in the sense that, you know, if you only know her from something like Euphoria or maybe earlier films, I, she can kind of come across as like just a little too young, maybe a little too teenager-ish. But there are some moments in this film where we really see, I think, a whole different side where we get to see the range here where it starts that way. But then she becomes a, a, a bit more uh, calculated and uh, even diabolical in a couple of moments in the film. And I, I like that. I like that we're seeing this performer do some different things. And look, uh, no kidding, of course, using the assets that she has, okay? And who could blame her? 
But the point is, I think to me, she's proving to be a force, at least in the films that she's in. So I, you know, I, I'll give it that that this this film works with what it has, and it even tries to do some new stuff. I even like the look. I even give it this, just from the very beginning, from the opening credits, the typography, the visuals. It's a lot of close up shots of eyes. And that's not even really clear what the point is until you get later into the film. But just the uh, visual aesthetic of it, it, it's just interesting enough where I'm like, I'm curious what this film has in store now. But I'll tell you this, it's probably worth it going into it as cold as you can. Don't really look, I mean, the trailer at least I don't think gives very much away in terms of what happens in the second half of the film. It does enough to set you up with the basic premise, but believe me, there's a whole lot more that is coming that you won't be ready for. Even the very end, honestly, even the very end of what happens to these characters, I I mean, is cold-blooded. But it it makes sense. So uh, anyway, with that all said, I mean, it's a recommendation. I I think this is only on Amazon Prime. I feel like it's one of those uh, Amazon exclusives or whatever. Um, So if you have that, check it out. All right, here we are. Film Streak 279, Deep Water. Why are you the only man who wants to stay with me? I don't know. But you do? I do. That's good. Mm. Why is mom so different around other people? I think this is who she is. Of course. You're not born. No. The fact that she's comfortable flaunting all these relationships around all of us, you're better than that. She's different. That's what I like about her. I just want to feel joy in my life. You want to tell me why you didn't come home last night? Not really. This isn't a game, Melinda. It's always been a game. (laughs) The truth is, if you were married to anyone else, you'd be so bored. You'd kill yourself. So here's a film from 2022. This is from uh, almost, uh, in some ways, legendary, in some ways, infamous director, Adrian Lyne. You know, you could look up the look up the filmography. You can see that there are some films that are really 
um, iconic in this erotic thriller genre, let's say. And there are some films that are really kind of problematic, you know? And so you can take your pick, whether you feel like this is a good thing or a bad thing. But the thing that is for me is it's surprising because I didn't realize Adrian Lyon was still making films. And all that said, I mean, there is something about this that feels a lot like those thrillers where there's intrigue and there's a little bit of suspense and it's, but it's more about the, it's more about subtext, I guess. You think about the nature of where dramas have gone, especially like these really kind of steamy, romantic, thriller type dramas, uh, they've kind of gone away for the most part in the last 15, 20 years. They really kind of have. That or they've been relegated to low budget productions. Some of that old, you know, direct to video or direct to streaming stuff. You don't really see it get a major release anymore. But they've got known talent involved and really kind of high pedigree talent, if you think about it, especially this film. I mean, this is Adrian Lyon. This is a director who's been in the business and making films like this for, what, 30 years or more? And uh, and then you've got Ben Affleck. You've got Anna Darmas. You've got Tracy Letts. You know, there's enough talent involved here where I feel like, okay, I'm... I got to consider this. I got to really see that there's something to this film. And what I can say is that it, while it doesn't push as many buttons as maybe some of his other older films, this one has a very distinct kind of uh, theme to it that I don't know that really seen in a lot of other films like this. You know, if there's one I maybe had to kind of think of just off the top of my head, uh, I mean, maybe something like Indecent Proposal, where, you know, if, you, if you've seen that film, if you're familiar, you know, it was somewhat controversial for its time. And we're talking about like the early 90s. And even today, it's probably controversial. But the idea of a man essentially turning over his wife for uh, an insane amount of money to a billionaire or millionaire or whatever I mean, that right there just has a, a lot of problems with it, no matter what period of time you're in, right? And so the idea that this man has to kind of uh, subject himself to this either personal humiliation or, or degradation or, or emasculation, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, at the whim of someone else, uh, that's a theme that kind of resurfaces here, at least in this film. And then you take into account another film that, I mean, I think the the last film that Adrian Lyne did was in 2002, like 20 years earlier. And in that one, it was Richard Gere, who was the husband who learned that his wife was cheating on him and took it upon himself to, you know, make some moves. He had to do what he had to do. And so, you know, some of those things that, you know, they seem like they're somehow practical or reasonable in, in terms of being like crimes of passion or people caught up in, in the emotions and the, in the moment. And yet to ground them in a way that it feels like, yeah, this could be your neighbor. This could be you that's going through this. 
I think that's at least part of the strength that Adrian Lyne seems to have be able to bring to some of his films. Now, of course, they, they have one foot in that grounded reality, but then they also have the other foot in this really kind of uh, late 80s, Red Shoe Diaries, softcore, whatever nonsense. And here, at least, I feel like this film doesn't go so far in that direction. It really stays in the former category of being more grounded, more hanging on to reality and what would a real person do. Part of that's probably also the way the characters are played, the way the story is told. You know, Ben Affleck plays a wealthy tech industry innovator type of person who's done something, made some technology to do with drones or targeting systems or whatever, and that's been you know, bought by the military and now he's like super wealthy, but he lives in a very, I don't want to say a regular way. He doesn't live a regular life. He certainly has his means and, and uses them, but he tries to maintain a somewhat simple existence by just having his home, his daughter and his wife. But meanwhile, his wife is the one that is a little bit of the loose cannon, you know? Vic, uh, played by Ben Affleck here, he's he's kind of quiet and a little bit mysterious. Not really sure what is always going on in his head. And Melinda, played by Ananda Atmos, she is much more outgoing and honestly just kind of, uh, in, in a way, she's like a caged bird. You know, it, it, the, the sense is that this is a woman who can't help but want to be out in the world and be free and be, honestly with some other dudes. And Vic here is the one that he loves her because who wouldn't? But at the same time, if that's the sacrifice he has to make to have her in his life and to not like totally ruin his wealth and his whole home situation, you know, I guess his, his call is, okay, I'll just take it. I'll deal with it. But it is, it is a thing for a man to watch his wife or his partner uh, totally run around on him flagrantly. That's not a, a healthy existence. That's not a healthy relationship. And we see the unhealthiness of it as it manifests in this film, or at least in, with these characters, of uh, Vic is, is done. He's tired of this. And so he takes it upon himself to do some things that no one should have to do, but I guess he's got to do them. And uh, then it turns into a little bit of a, a murder mystery. And there's even a sense of a, a little bit of a race against the clock when some things start to happen and he tries to cover them up and then he's trying to keep from getting found out. So that's where the, the tension starts to ratchet up, right? Where we're seeing like, okay, all these different things are starting to happen now and certain, the stakes get raised. And so we have to watch Vic try and like stay alive in the game here. But meanwhile, he's trying not to let Melinda know what's going on. It's a very strange relationship. It's strange because in most cases I would say, well... The problem with this story, these characters, they don't really have chemistry. And I feel like they don't. I mean, the, these two actors, as they play these characters, they don't really feel like they actually 
care about each other. And yet I think that's by design. I mean, even, you know, Vic, who is very much willing to degrade himself personally and, and even professionally and with their peers because he loves this woman. He can't be without her, but he doesn't seem to mind other people being with her. Also, it's a weird thing to have as part of your, as just part of your life is like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to get cucked out, you know? No, no, no. So to see Ben Affleck, someone who's played the superhero, literally, to find this kind of a role, and then with Anna de Armas, who's honestly just unbelievably adorable and even dangerous in this film and in others, to see that strange kind of... uh balance that they try to find and they never really seem to do. I feel like that's on purpose. It's these characters. They don't really, they, they will probably never be able to live and coexist as a, as a couple where the film ends up taking them. That's an interesting point too, because, you know, it does push you in a way it pushes you as a viewer to decide like who's, whose side would you take here? Like, do you understand Vic's point of view of being the the one who's just trying to have a normal life with his wife and is willing to suffer for it? Or do you see the 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 side of Melinda who she just wants to be who she is and she doesn't understand the constraints of marriage or this kind of a, of a life? And so she's playing by her own rules and those rules upset and hurt people. And so I could see it either way. You could probably identify with one or the other. And yet um, when it comes down to it, it's like, this is not a, (laughs) this is not a life that people can have. So something's got to give. And this story, I feel like at least plays it out in a somewhat semi reasonable way. When uh, Vic decides to take action, he tries to do it smart. He tries to do it methodically and carefully. And yet things don't go right because they don't go right when you commit crimes. You know, honestly, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Gone Girl. And also starring Ben Affleck, right? But just the idea that here's a man who is willing to put up with certain uh, with a certain situation with a certain person that is is not advantageous to him at all and yet he's doing it because when you're faced with that decision of living like a living a life with someone you love but you, you can't trust like what do you do what what would you do and, you know, look, speaking as a man, at least, I mean, that is like every husband's like worst nightmare, worst fear of like your your partner is untrustworthy, unreliable, unstable, and yet you love them. And and I'm sure it goes the other way around, too. You know, as, as, a, as a woman, you might find that your your husband or your partner is is all those things. And yet, how do you turn away from that? How do you? 
walk away from that. So um, it's an interesting dilemma. I mean, this movie plays it out in a more cinematic fashion, of course, but I think the themes are there and the themes are relevant for, for most people, especially if you're in a relationship or in a marriage. You've seen this or you've unfortunately been a part of something like this, this kind of unhealthy coexistence. So for me, it's a recommendation. It feels like it should be a longer film somehow. I don't know why. It's just when it ends, you feel like, wait, there's more coming, right? But but that's it. And, uh, you know, hey, that's fine. Okay. But I feel like um, what is there is strong enough to at least watch and, and enjoy and maybe get something out of. So it's a recommendation for me. Um, check that one out. I think that's on Hulu only. But uh, yeah, check it out. Deep Water. All right, now let's get to the last one here for this episode, Filmstreak 280, Infinity Pool. I don't understand why we're doing this. We barely know these people. It's one day. Let's mix things up a bit. You're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money, then? He married rich. Well, <laughs> I actually came here looking for inspiration. Come on. Mr. James Foster, you have to come with us. Here, the punishment for any crime committed is death. What did you say? But for a significant sum, we'll build a double to send in for your execution. your transformation. This is just a little game. But I can take some blood. Show me how strong you are. It's really disgusting. You could just sit there and watch it happen. You know, James, do you worry they got the wrong man? Now, here's a new film, 2023, uh, but from writer and director Brandon Cronenberg. And I can tell you already, that alone, I'm in. In an earlier episode of Film Streak, I mean, this is like one of the first episodes. Uh, I talked about Possessor, and that was Brandon Cronenberg's previous film. What an impressive uh, showing. What an impressive feature in terms of both the story and the performances and the writing, uh, even the direction, the visual. I mean, everything just like hit and also intense. 
mean, it's a really intense story. It's get, it gets into some really intense subject matter and themes. And here, I, honestly, I, I wasn't really sure what to think about this other than, you know, some of the promotional things that I was seeing coming out as it was released. It just made me think, okay, well, we've got another, uh, another one that's going to push the envelope, right? And this one definitely does. But I think along the way somewhere, something gets kind of lost or something kind of, uh, I don't know, something gets diluted somewhere. Like I, I, I came away from this one not feeling as impressed or as um, like blown away. And it's not to say the setup isn't great. I just think the follow through, there's something that, uh, I don't know, I, I let me let me just kind of run it down for you. If you, if you haven't seen this film, but you're into... Brandon Cronenberg, or even his father, David Cronenberg, and his kinds of films. This is very much in that same vein. You know, uh, we start with this a couple, James and M. Um, they're on vacation. They're in this fictional, uh, looks like a resort country or resort town, I guess. And um, they're out one night. They, they meet a couple, another couple, and uh, it's Gabby and Albin, I think. Alvin. And, you know, at first it seems like, well, these are just people that are on vacation also. Um, they're a little bit questionable, you know, they got a little, there's some of their behaviors, some of the things they say a little bit sus, you know, as they're driving down the road, uh, one night they hit and, and James is the one driving. James is played by Alexander Skarsgård. I'll talk about it more in a little bit, but they hit a man on the road, kill him. Well, James is the one that gets arrested and convicted for this crime of killing this man. And this is where the film departs from reality because on this island or in this country, you can either be executed for the crime of murder or you can have a double or a clone take your place for your execution. And, uh, yeah, this is where we get into science fiction. This is where we get into the um, the horror elements because one, the, the suspense of like, how does this even work? And what does this really mean for the person who is actually guilty to not actually really truly have to pay the price for it? So the way the film sets it up, it's, it's a little bit quasi science fiction some of it is almost kind of also like weirdly mystical, magical. I don't know. It, it really tries to thread the needle. I don't know if it's t entirely successful, but, um, it's enough to at least kind of go for the ride to kind of keep things moving. Like, well, it's some magical hokum that, you know, this stuff happens. And so now, well, you think, all right, well, hey, let's not kill any more people. Let's not do any more crimes while we're here. Let's just try and go home. James decides, wait a minute. If I can just do whatever I want without any consequences, uh, what else can we do? How far can we push this now? And so then we have James going on this tear of really just unruly, uncivilized behavior. Uh, and I mean, when we find out that Gabby and, and the other people, Gabby here is played by Mia Goth, by the way, who, look, I'm just going to say, I really liked her in X. 
And uh, there's a couple other films that, I, what am I thinking of? It was something else I saw her and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And this film, I don't know, man. There's some things about her voice, her performance. Uh, look, it's a choice, okay? It's a choice. I don't know that it would be a choice most actors would make, but she makes some choices in this film that I don't really entirely understand with her her accent and and some of her really over-the-top performance. I give it to uh, Alexander Skarsgård for also making bold choices. I mean, I look, I'm not on, I'll put it this way. I wasn't on the Skarsgård train here for very long. I mean, really, honestly, it was The Northman just last year, the year before, and Succession when the last couple of seasons he was in that. And that's where I was like, wait, who is this guy? And, you know, I've talked to people that say, oh, well, you should have seen like True Blood and you should have seen all these other things from years ago. I I didn't. And so I didn't know this guy rose like this. And so he's making big, bold choices, taking some really wild swings. And, and this film is one of them because he really goes all over the place in this thing of being the guy who is kind of depressed, kind of disillusioned to start. You know, he's on vacation because he's an author and he's trying to find inspiration because he's trying to do a book, but he has like zero ideas. So he's really kind of running away from the problem, if you think about it. And yet when this all this stuff starts to play out, he just goes without abandon right into it. Like, yeah, well, why not? Let's do it. Let's kill people. Let's, you know, do insane shit. Because for what does it matter? Who, who's going to pay the price? Some other copy of me? Who cares? So James is the one that it really has the biggest arc here in terms of the whole experience he goes through. Even to the very end when uh, he has, I guess, a little bit of a, an existential crisis of who am I and what does it mean to do some of these things? And it's a really big role in terms of all the things this character has to discover about himself and what he's capable of. So I give him plenty of points for that. Where this film, I think, starts to kind of come apart is that it poses such a big question of the moral uh, the, the moral questions, the, the choices that these characters are making, even like what is, what kind of country is this, that this would be allowed, right? So where are these people? It poses those big questions. And I don't really think it gives us an answer that, uh, not an answer that I, I, I want to hear because that's fine. Give me an answer. I don't like, but, but give me an answer. Like there's just something that doesn't quite land. Like it doesn't feel satisfying in in a I don't know in a in a rounded way. I I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, I, I can tell you the end of the film. I, it's not really like a big surprise or a twist or anything. But by the end of the film, James is left on the island uh, as everybody else kind of goes back home. He's left there at the resort, let's say. Uh, by himself and because he chooses to and he 
uh, or the, at least the way I read it, is that he could go home and go back to playing by the rules. But something about this way of life here now, this is what he's about. And so I, I, I guess the thinking is, well, yeah, why would you go back to that? Uh, okay, fine. It's very kind of nihilistic and um, cynical, but uh, okay. I, I, I mean, I can accept that. But I just think, I, what about all these other characters? Like, wh- what about all the other people that live in this place? Like, I feel like there's a bigger set of answers that come with those big questions. And I, I don't know if the film really goes there. And maybe that's not the point. Maybe the point is just to show us what happens to James. Okay. I just think there was a lot more that could have been explored, maybe mined a little bit more, and see how that plays out, not just for James or, or uh, M or even Gabby, but for all the other people involved in, in this vacation spot. So... Uh, you know, it's a recommendation only because it does have a certain intensity to it. It has a real disturbing uh, core premise to it that, I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, it, it'll really kind of get you thinking. It'll make you ask yourself some questions about what would you do and, you know, where would you draw your lines and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know, maybe maybe you would have a better read on how it concludes and whether that really makes sense for you or, or really um, comes together in the right way. Um, I would say uh, it's, it's definitely at least it's not going the wrong direction. So I, it still got me interested for whatever David, not David, Brandon Cronenberg does next. I, I look forward to more interesting and probably fairly disturbing work. Okay, so that was another episode of Film Street. Thanks for checking this out. Thanks for listening, by the way. Um, yeah, I've talked to some different people here over the last couple of months about this podcast and, and what I'm doing here. And, and I try to, every time I meet somebody new, whether it's locally or, or just uh, in any kind of conversation, you know, uh, it's interesting to see like who really watches movies and how they watch them. You know, not just like, oh, well, we saw this on TV one day. You know, no, it's like I sought this out and I tracked this down and I looked at it and I watched it and I paid attention and I thought about it and I talked about it. And so when you find people like that and and, and if you listen to this and I've talked to you and in, in about films in those ways, I, you're the people I'm talking about. That's my homies. Because I feel like some people probably don't look at movies that way. They just look at movies like, you know, any other type of casual entertainment, which is cool because a lot of movies are that. But there are movies, especially even like these, that are maybe a little more challenging, maybe a little more work to get through. But at the same time, um, there's still something there. There's still a part of the stories and the craft that is interesting to me. And I'm sure it's interesting to a lot of people and, and hopefully you, if you're listening to this. So that's what I'm coming around to is thanks for listening. And again, you know, if you, if you're looking for any other episodes, you, you can go to IMDb, look at that list, see all those 200 and what 70, 280 films now. And uh, see if there's some in there that you haven't seen. And I'm not saying you got to go look up the episode. That'd be cool if you did. But 
at least go look at the list and go go watch it. Go find out where it's showing and, and check it out. So anyway, that's me. Um, that's good for this episode. Thanks for hanging out for a minute and um, go watch something new. Thank you.